Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. What is up guys? In this video, I'm going to be going through some of my top waiver wire targets going into week 14 of the NFL season. Very important to still kind of be in tune with that waiver wire because we're kind of coming to the end of the fantasy regular season, getting ready for those fantasy playoffs. And in this video, these guys aren't going to be in any specific order, you know, just because different teams have different needs, but it's going to be five players at each position. Some positions may have fewer just because the options are very thin at this point, but these are going to be players who are available in 50% or more leagues, and I'm using ESPN Fantasy Football to get those numbers. And let's get into the first position, and it is going to be the running backs. And this week, I kind of had a major shift in how I was viewing these waiver wire running backs. I'm no longer interested in these players who you're kind of going to plug into your lineup for one week and you're really just trying to get to like that 10 point mark. At this point in the season, those are not going to be the players who are winning you fantasy championships. And so I'm going to have a lot of handcuffs on here because right now it really doesn't matter. You know, if you have a solid RB4 on your team or an RB5, they're not going to see your lineups. But if you can pick up someone like a Sony Michelle, who's the first player I have on here, he could be a game changer. Obviously, he's a little bit different because he did actually basically get the start on Sunday, but still you can see later on guys like Samaj Pirine, Ronald Jones. These are players who, you know, on a week-to-week basis have no value, but if the running backs who are leading their backfields get injured, they step into like mid-tier RB2 territory right away. And so let's get started with the first guy I mentioned, Sony Michelle owned in 35.2% of leagues. Daryl Henderson was actually active for this game but he did not receive a single touch. Obviously, they were just resting him. He was kind of an emergency option. And with him not playing, Sony Michelle received a monster workload, 24 rush attempts, four targets. If he is on the waiver wire, I highly suggest you pick him up because if this injury lingers for Henderson or he somehow deals with another injury, you know that Sony Michelle is a locked-in, high-end RB2, probably borderline RB1, if they're going to give him that massive workload on a top tier offense. So honestly, of all the players I'm talking about, he should be at the very top for the targets. Then we've got Tevin Coleman owned in 41.3% of leagues. And he's kind of one of maybe two players I have on this list who are kind of these guys that you may want to plug into your flex, but may not have much long-term value. He's currently the RB1 for the Jets, and he'll likely stay there until Michael Carter returns in two games as the starter. He has seen 27 carries and seven targets, so a solid overall workload. Then we've got a handcuff here with Samaj Pirine, owned in 6.6% of leagues. He is the clear Joe Mixon handcuff. He has played a big role in games where Joe Mixon either left with injury or was kind of limited in his touches. So if Joe Mixon somehow gets injured, we saw him go down for a period of time on Sunday. Samaj Pirine steps in as someone you can trust in your lineup with a lot of confidence especially if you have Joe Mixon on your team, I would strongly advise you to get Samaj P. Ryan on your roster. Then I've got a pair of Titans running backs here, Deontay Foreman and Dontrell Hilliard. Foreman is owned in 35.5% of leagues. Dontrell is owned in 36.1% of leagues. So very similar in terms of those roster percentages. And honestly, I think this Titans backfield is still a mystery, but I do think it could be worth it to take a shot on one of these players. The way I'm looking at this backfield, I think Foreman has kind of the safer route to touches, but Dontrell, I think, has the higher overall ceiling if he's able to phase McNichols out of that offense. We saw, I think it was two weeks ago, in the game where McNichols was not playing, Hilliard saw a huge role in the receiving game, 
And if McNichols is kind of just phased out of that role, then we could see Hilliard get some carries and also some receptions. But, you know, I think there's also a chance he kind of gets phased out and McNichols steps back in to his original role. Because remember, when Derrick Henry was the starter, McNichols was the solid RB2. So I'm not sure if they're just kind of going to throw him away and use him as the RB3. But let's move on to the final running back, and it is going to be Ronald Jones. Mentioned him earlier, owned in 21.6% of leagues. He is the clear four net handcuff. This Buccaneers backfield is just a very valuable one to be a part of. And so if somehow Fournette went down with injury, Ronald Jones would step in as someone who's probably going to be receiving 10 plus carries a game, may get a lot of red zone opportunities, and could, you know, kind of filter in as a receiving back here and there. They'd probably use Giovanni Bernard much more, but still someone who could see, you know, three to five targets a game potentially. So if you're a Leonard Fournette owner, I highly recommend picking up Ronald Jones. And honestly, even if you're a team with some roster spots where you're like, this guy is never going to break into my lineup, like your wide receiver five, who would you rather have? That guy who's never going to play or someone who has RB2 potential if an injury happens? We've seen so hard the running back position has been hit by injuries. So I would rather just take a shot on someone who does have that higher potential. But now let's shift over to the wide receiver position, starting it off with Russell Gage, owned in 24.9% of leagues. He has put up 40.2 PPR points in the last two weeks, and he has seen seven plus targets in four out of the last five games. He definitely seems to kind of be the number one weapon here. Kyle Pitts really been underperforming as of late. So I do think Russell Gage would be the top pickup at the wide receiver position. Then I've got Kendrick Bourne, owned in 33.1% of leagues. He plays tonight, so we'll kind of see how that goes. He also has a bye next week, but if we're just looking at consistency here, he is averaging 12.1 PPR points per game. That is just not something you're going to find with a lot of these other waiver wire wide receivers. Then we've got Amon Ra, owned in 6.6% of leagues, and he had a monster day helping the Lions get their first win of the season. He saw 12 targets, 10 receptions for 86 yards, and a touchdown. Amon Ra was someone I really liked coming into the season as like a really late best ball pick because when you're looking at this Lions wide receiver core, there was just no one standing out. I thought he kind of had the opportunity to come in and be a solid volume receiver. He's definitely had some flashes. You know, he had some games with eight targets. We saw 12 targets today. We just kind of have to wait and see if he can continue to put together a nice target share in this offense. The next receiver is going to be MVS. Marquez Valdez-Scantling from the Packers, owned in 9.4% of leagues. They're coming off of a bye this week, but in their last two games, he saw 19 total targets, and it really looks like he is going to be the wide receiver two for the Packers moving forward. And on a week-to-week basis, the man just has a very high ceiling with his big playability. And the final wide receiver here is going to be KJ Osborne, owned in 4.2% of leagues. Unfortunately, it looks like Adam Thielen has suffered a high ankle sprain. We know this is an injury that can linger, you know, four to six weeks potentially. Hopefully he's back before then. But I mean, the Vikings have a Thursday night game this week. So I'd be very, very surprised if Adam Thielen was good for that one. And that means that KJ Osborne is going to step in as the wide receiver two. He really showed some flashes early in the season, operating as the wide receiver three, really cooled down as of late. But on Sunday, he was targeted seven times recorded four receptions for 47 yards and a touchdown. So he is definitely going to be involved and someone who I think is a solid pickup in deeper leagues. Moving on to the quarterback position, I'm going to start it off with Tua, 
owned in 17.9% of leagues. He does have a buy next week, so you're not going to be able to throw him into your lineup then. But he has just played very well as of late. Probably just the best overall quarterback that we still have on the waiver wire. So maybe you can stash him on your roster if you know you're going to be desperate in week 15 or just kind of someone to keep an eye on moving forward. The next player is going to be at Taysom Hill, owned in 35.9% of leagues. And he is one of the only quarterbacks in the NFL who could throw four interceptions and somehow still finish with over 20 fantasy points. If he does remain the Saints starting quarterback, we know he's dealing with a little bit of a finger injury. I think he could still be a viable start moving forward. And honestly, even if they went with some sort of like two QB system, you know, maybe Simeon takes like the obvious passing downs, that honestly wouldn't be the worst thing for Taysom Hill. We've seen him play. The man is just a playmaker. He's super fun to watch when he carries the ball. Throwing the ball is just an adventure. But I do think if he can retain that role, someone you could trust in your lineups moving forward, you may not feel great about it, but as a desperation play, you could do much worse. The next quarterback is going to be Taylor Heineke, owned in 26.9% of leagues. Really just a solid replacement quarterback, you know, on a week-to-week basis if your starting quarterback has a buy. And then the fourth and final quarterback here, almost didn't put him on here, really just goes to show how thin the position is for waivers, but it's going to be Cam Newton, owned in 36.4% of leagues. He's coming off of an absolutely miserable game, and then a buy here in week 13. If he remains the quarterback, I think he's someone who could be a potential start just based on that rushing upside. We know he's going to be very involved on the goal line. I think overall, this week will be very interesting for the Panthers organization after we saw that Joe Brady was fired. You know, Early in the season, Matt Rule kind of came out and talked about how they really needed to establish the run. He wanted to be running the ball 30 plus times a game. Joe Brady did not execute that you know, in their game plans. So I'm guessing that was kind of the difference of opinion there between Matt Rule and Joe Brady. But if they go to a more run-heavy attack, I think that could definitely favor Cam Newton, get him in some read options, and honestly just take some pressure off of him throwing the ball. Not great for his weapons like DJ Moore, but if we're just looking at his specific fantasy value, this could be a positive. Now let's move over to the tight end position, and the tight ends are even thinner than the quarterbacks. I've only got three guys listed here, and one is currently injured. So we're going to start it off with Tyler Conklin, owned in 34.9% of leagues. He saw nine targets on Sunday and is really one of the only viable waiver wire tight ends. Plus with Adam Thielen going down with that high ankle sprain, you know, we could see Tyler Conklin more involved moving forward. The second one is going to be Cole Komet, owned in 13.3% of leagues. Didn't have a great performance on Sunday, but he continues to just be very involved in this offense six plus targets in five of the last six weeks. And then the last tight end here is going to be Ricky Seals-Jones. I mentioned he was injured, owned in 6.6% of leagues. He's still dealing with a hip injury that I believe he suffered against the Buccaneers three weeks ago. They didn't put him on IR, so they're probably expecting him to return soon. But the reason he's on here is that unfortunately, Logan Thomas is out for the season with a torn ACL. And with Logan Thomas out earlier in the season, Ricky Seals-Jones was a fairly solid replacement, so someone to keep an eye on if his health kind of clears up. And then the final position, we've got the defenses, and there are actually some fantastic defensive streaming options this week. I stream defenses every week in every single league, so this is definitely great to see. The first defense is going to be the Saints, owned in 49.1% of leagues. They're traveling to New York to take on the Jets. Fantastic matchup against that Jets offense. Next is going to be the Packers, 
owned in 27.6% of leagues going up against the Bears. Bears offense has been miserable. Packers defense has really stepped up as of late. So another fantastic option. Continuing with the Broncos, owned in just under 45% of leagues, facing off against the Lions. Pretty clear here, Broncos defense, very solid. Lions offense, barring their performance on Sunday, historically pretty terrible. Then we've got the Titans, owned in 26% of leagues, going up against the Jaguars. You know, solid, capable defense, going up against an offense that really struggles. Then the Seahawks, owned in 6.3% of leagues, traveling to Houston to take on the Texans. Another terrible offense. It's kind of great how it worked out this week. You have the teams that you're always trying to target, the Jets offense, Lions offense, Jaguars, Texans. You could even throw the Bears in there. And then you have them matching up against these defenses that are solid, but just weren't quite over that 50% threshold. It definitely helped that the Saints got dropped in a bunch of leagues going up against the Cowboys. Packers were on bye. Broncos were going up against the Chiefs. Titans on bye. So really a perfect storm here for some great streaming options. And that is going to wrap it up for this video. If you guys enjoyed the content, do me a huge favor, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. And then if you have any fantasy questions, this could be waiver wire, trade advice. If you know you haven't had the trade deadline yet, start sits, you can drop those down below and I'll make sure to respond to every single person. But thank you guys so much for stopping by and I'll see you next time.